Welcome to the Mom Manual. Motherhood doesn't come with instructions, but it should. We are on a mission to highlight ordinary moms doing extraordinary things to build the ultimate mom manual. Every week, I have the distinct honor of speaking with women about the lessons they've learned and the inspiration that got them to where they are today. Join us for a conversation that will spark creativity, provide actionable tips, and celebrate the ordinary and extraordinary moments of motherhood. The Mom Manual starts now. Hi everyone, this is Tara with the Mom Manual. I am so excited to have our guest today, Kylie Ann. She's a mom of three. She's been a business owner for a decade. She is a business mentor providing coaching and courses. Welcome to the podcast, Kylie. Hello, thanks for having me. I'm so excited. So Kylie has a huge social media following talking about her business mentoring with all the tips for moms who want to get into business, which is me. So I'm so excited for this conversation. Kylie, can you tell us a little bit about your background and how you got into this? Yes. My name is Kylie. I started as just kind of a family and friends photographer, which I feel like is how every photographer gets started in this business world. I picked up a camera and decided like I was going to start a business and I never really imagined it would turn into anything more. I thought I would just, you know, take pictures here and there, have my kids still kind of take pictures here and there, but I, I didn't really plan for what unfolded next. So that was a little bit over 10 years ago. And then what happened is I started getting better. I started learning more. I started learning marketing. I started learning business, SEO, all this stuff. And my business kind of exploded. It became really crazy because by the time I had, so when I started my business, I had zero kids. By the time I had my second kid, I was just getting inquiries all day long and I didn't know what to do. So over the next few years of that, I expanded my business to a full associate team where I have multiple photographers that work under me and we're a family. It's not like they work for me. Like we work for each other. Like I do parts for them. They do parts for me. We kind of all use our skills and talents to help each other. And that kind of grew the business. And then I was mentoring these photographers and I was teaching at classes and and courses and conferences. And I realized that I actually like thrive and love teaching. I'm super passionate about that. So then I kind of shifted into becoming the boss of that while mentoring, coaching, and helping others build their businesses. And I've really focused on moms in business because as you all know, who are moms, there's a lot more weight than just a typical person starting a business because there's the mom guilt and there's the schedules and the the kids home from school and all the things that come with being a mom and running a business. So that's kind of, that's kind of me in a nutshell. I have three kids. I've been in business for a decade and we have nine members of our Kylie Ann team right now. And I'm kind of coaching a lot and they're kind of shooting the most. So that's kind of what it looks like. That's an amazing story. And I I think when you said, you know, you focus on moms and business, I was thinking, well, of course, because you are a mom in business and that's your area Mm -hmm. of expertise. At the beginning, you talked about how you said every photographer starts as a family and friends. And I can think of a few close friends who have walked a similar journey where they said, Hey, I'm going to take some pictures and everybody would just start calling them and they do it for free. And then they're like that awkward period of like, Hey guys, I'm spending a lot of time, especially editing. Can I charge you? Is that okay? And then it's like, $30. And then all of a sudden, um, one of my friends now she charges, you know, I don't know, $150 for a mini session. And I'm like, you go girl. That's amazing. Mm -hmm. And I think sometimes the people around you are like, wait, but I'm your friend. I want it for free. How do you kind of balance that? Like as you're starting and transitioning to, Hey, this is no longer a free service. This is my job and I'm making money. 
Yeah, that's a really, really hard transition. And I think every type of business goes through this where at the beginning, they're like, I'm so excited about this. I want to do it for all my friends and family to being like, okay, actually my time is worth a lot more because I'm getting good at this. And like the time that I spend giving stuff away for free, I could be making money and that's time away from my family and all the things we go through. Right. So I think for me, I had to really accept that my family and friends weren't my clients. Um, And that was hard at first, but it's like the people who, there are definitely family members and friends who have supported me throughout the entire journey and will still pay my prices. But the majority of my clients aren't my family and friends. And I do have, you know, discounts for family and discounts for, for close friends. Like my neighbors have a special discount, things like that, because I do like want to give back to the people that are my village, you know, but at the same time, this is a business time away from my family's valuable um, time that I could be taking paying clients as valuable. And so I had to really let go of the fact that I can please everyone and just focus. And honestly, shooting strangers, like taking pictures of strangers was a lot easier because they were hiring me for me, for my experience, for my talent, for my style. They weren't hiring me because they were getting a deal or because I was family. And so they actually loved the pictures and there was not a lot of like, oh, that's not really what we were expecting because they hired me for me instead of just like Like the cheap friend. Yeah. I love that. And I'm going to totally butcher this quote, but I heard something along the lines of like a real friend will always pay your full prices because they want to see you succeed. Right. And it's like a not true friend just wants a discount and isn't really supporting your business. But Kylie, this leads really well into our first takeaway. Can you share that with our audience? Oh, yes, it really does. So my first takeaway is to say yes to your family. And this is something that I think we all have to learn because it's natural for us to want to please everyone. Like we want like, oh, can you do this shoot for me tonight at four o'clock? Or, hey, will you do this project for me at the da da da? Like, I I don't know what kind of businesses are on here. I'm going to try to speak to multiple examples. But I think we've all been in a position where we've felt taken advantage of because people expect us to do things for them when it's convenient for them, right? And we're constantly like bending over backwards to make sure we're volunteering where we need to volunteer and signing up for what we need to sign up for and saying yes to all the different play dates and activities and all the different things. It's not just in business, right? We are constantly putting more on our plate. And I realized that by saying yes to everyone else, I was saying no to my family. And so as I had that perspective change of, okay, Instead of worrying like, oh, I'm really bad at saying no, or I hate the no word, like it's so uncomfortable for me, I had to focus on how can I say yes to my family? And I'm going to talk a little bit more about this in my second point of how I did this. But the important thing is kind of that mindset shift of going from doing for everyone else and switching that to what do I need to focus on in my family first? And then if there's room left over, I can take on more. But oftentimes we put on our best face for everyone else. And then in our own homes, things are kind of falling apart. And so there's a present over perfection. It's a book I read. And that was one of the the biggest takeaways I had from that book was that I always put my best foot forward for everyone else. And I rarely come home and do that with my kids. Like even when I'm in the studio with all these like crazy toddlers running all around, throwing stuff, throwing tantrums. I am like super photographer, like getting them to calm down, getting them to smile. If my kids are doing the same thing, I'm like, get out of my room. You know, like get out of here. This is crazy. I just made my dog sit up. She was very scared, but like we tend to 
put our best foot forward for the people outside of our house. And so I love that mindset shift of like, how can I first serve my family and then serve other people? Yes. I love that. And there is, I think it's become famous now, but I, I think Tim Ferriss was the first one who said it. If it's not a hell yes, it's a hell no. Right. Yes. And yes. for with COVID last year, that was such an amazing reset, at least for me and my family, where there was nothing to say yes to, cause nothing was happening. And I kept hearing during that time, I'm really into personal growth and development professional as well. And so I listened to a lot of podcasts and read books and things. And everybody was saying, when we resume to normal, make sure you choose your new normal. You don't go back to your old one. And so I love that, what you said there. The second piece that I love, and this is getting a little personal. My husband says that to me a lot. He's like, you are so nice and cheery and happy and (laughs) just positive with everybody except me. And he was like, why do you feel like I'm the person that gets all your garbage? And he actually pulled up our text. We're having a little bit of an issue lately because he says I don't respond to his text messages, which is such a perfect example because I would never ignore a friend's text message ever. But my husband, I'll read it and just think, okay, like he told me my daughter's soccer is canceled. I don't need to respond to that. But that's so rude. And I would never do that to someone else, but I do that to him. And so he pulled up our text and he said, literally our last week of exchanges, number one, you've answered about 50% of my texts. And number two, any text you've sent me has been a complaint. Like, can you put the mm-hmm. lights on the tree? Or, or he said, or a request. Can you put the lights on the tree? Can you call the, we have these rodents in our house and they're red right above where I sit in my office. Oh, no. <laughs> I know, so gross. But you know, it's all, all these things I'm asking him to do or complaining about stuff. And I look through and I'm like, oh my gosh, yes. And that is not the way that I communicate with anybody else, literally not even my mom or sister and definitely not my friends or definitely not colleagues. And all my friends constantly say, you're, you're such like a bright light and you're always positive and happy. But that if I read these texts, no, I'm not a positive person to my husband. So that is definitely something I'm personally really working on, but that goes back to me putting my best foot forward for everybody and then putting him He's like completely last. And my kids, I think are a second last too. So can you tell us for, for all the women that are like, yes, Tara, I'm doing the same thing. Like, what are some tips or how do we get our better mindset for that? Oh man, I think we're all on the same journey. Like I'm not, if my husband listens to this podcast, be like, what you're speaking on this. I'm not perfect at this at all, but I think it starts with just like your intention and making sure. So one thing that I've done, and it's actually, I have this little, uh, workbook I just created for moms and it's just a mini workbook with like very basic things on how to have guilt-free like mompreneur. But one of the things I put on there was this calendar and it has like your husband, your kids, your work, your house. And it's a, there's a little box for each of them. And what is one thing you can do each day to show up for those places in your life? Cause it's easy to show up for all your friends and your whatever. Cause that's like more natural to us. But a lot of times it takes like intentional effort to show up intentionally and presently. Cause obviously we're showing up for our kids in our house all the time, but what is something that we can do to like 
lift it up. Right. And, and connect, connect with it better. Like with this morning, I was like, okay, I'm going to pick up my house. As soon as I drop my kids off at school, I'm going to spend five minutes and I'm just going to pick up from top to bottom. Now my house feels clean. Instead of the end of the day, when I'm like, everybody needs to clean this house. Like Um, I can spend. And so that's one example with my husband, I can send him a text or I can at the end of the day, turn off our phones and just talk or whatever. And with my kids, read them a story, lay in bed with them. Or after school, I go take them to get a drink or whatever it is that I can do one-on-one with each of them. So I feel like I'm spending intentional time with them because a lot of the times I think that's where it starts is these things get left behind in the hustle and bustle of life. And we don't mean to, but at the end of the day, we sit and we're like, did I even talk to my kid? Did I even have a conversation? Like, like I nagged, get in the car, get your shoes on, go get your backpack, whatever. But did I actually like talk to them? Did I see them today? And so that's been helping me in connecting with each, you know, part of my life that I want to have like a connection with. I need that. I need that uh, calendar. I love that idea. It's so good. Well, I, and I've mentioned this before, but I actually, and I, sh- I need to do a better job with my husband. We, we kind of go in waves where every week we'll, we'll have our date night. We'll be on like a really good path. And then it kind of falls off for a few weeks. And there's such a big difference when we're connecting and we have, we have four kids, right. And, and we both work from home. So it's just, and we have a nanny who lives with us. So it's just this like always constant craziness, but I, I have said before, and I've got some, some slack, like people have said, wow, that's sounds kind of cold, but I schedule time with my kids. I, I have a small business and I have a team that's remote and I tell my team members, like I work for you guys we don't have enough people. So anytime it's like, I can't finish this. I'm like, I'll take it on. So I work pretty much 12 hours straight every single day. And there's just not a lot of time to, you know, do stuff with my kids. And tonight is actually an example where earlier this week, I put it on my calendar and I said, you know, at six 30, we're going to go do something because they don't have school tomorrow. So I was like, Hey guys, do you want to go to movies? They decided they wanted to go to the Apple store. My daughter has an iPad that is probably 10 years old. And it does not work. And she's like, they're going to help me charge it. I'm like, all right, we'll bring it. We'll try to find out, but they're so excited to go to the Apple store. It's just something basic. And we, and I've had it on the calendar for probably a week and a half. So it sounds like, wow, really Tara, you need to like schedule time with your kids. But I believe in your calendar. If you don't Mm -hmm. do that, then I continue working until seven 30 and it's time Mm -hmm. to bed. So Mm -hmm. I, I love that. I love that idea of the calendar. Do you want to tell our listeners about your next takeaway? The second takeaway is to learn how to create boundaries for yourself and your business with schedules. So I kind of just talked about that, you know, with this, but I'm going to take it even further. So beyond just that little calendar where I'm like, what can I do intentionally every day? Just like a little thing. I calendar and schedule everything just like Tara. Um, There's a schedule for every single part of my life, my business life, um, my family life, my self-care everything goes on a calendar because I believe that if you don't schedule it in other things plow over it and it's not always work, but most of the time it is, but it's just like, if it's not on the calendar, it doesn't happen. When my kids were all home from school and I was in that chaotic, like little kids, no one in school, everybody home. It was really easy to bleed work into family time because they were all home and I had to get stuff done and there was no, like they're gone. I'm going to work They're home. I'm not going to work. You know, it was chaos. 
So I would schedule every Wednesday was a kid day and I wouldn't go with friends. I wouldn't meet up for mommy play groups. I would just me and my kids would spend the entire day doing something. And in that year, it was so cool. We went to the zoo. We would drive two hours and it was nice because I could have that time in the car, just like think and relax. Like for me, I love driving. I just feel like I can rest where it's like when you're home, you're constantly doing and you can't ever sit down because then you see the mess. Yeah. Or there's something that you can do, you know, but in the car, it's just like a break. So I would drive two hours. We'd go to the zoo. We'd go to the museum. We'd go to the dinosaur park. We'd go everywhere and we'd spend the whole day, just us. And we'd go at their pace. If they needed to stop, we got to the museum 30 minutes later, they're having a meltdown because they need to eat. We'd go get food and then we'd come back. And it was the best. It was the best thing I did. And now that they're older, it's really hard because they're in school and then they're in activities. So our family time is limited, but that's why I think it's so important that we put that family time into the schedule, whether it's on the weekend or it's after school one night a week so that we can continue those, like those fun memories with our kids that reconnect us. There's no nagging. There's no fighting. There's no, oh, hold on a minute. Mom has to do this. It's just completely focused on them. And there's an ebb and flow with motherhood. So it's like, sometimes you can give them a whole day. Sometimes it's two hours. Like it just depends on where you're at. And I really take time in the summer to make it all about my kids because we don't have that much time now that they're in school. And so I really try to work less in the summer and just take advantage of that time in the school year. It's a little bit hard. And sometimes that mom guilt creeps in because I'm like, it's just not fun. You know, like I'm bouncing them around, but that's why we schedule in that time. So I have separate calendars for work, separate calendars for self-care, separate calendars for my kids' schedules and whatever. And so I have them all separate on different calendars so I can turn them off and on when I'm scheduling different things. And I block off family time first. So for me, that's after school. I want to be available for them from when they get home from school until bedtime. So I block that off first and then I choose my work time from there. Okay. What's the best work time for my clients, for my coaching clients. It's during like, usually it's during their kids nap time or in the mornings when they can get a babysitter or whatever. So I, then I schedule my work time and then I make sure I schedule self-care in every day too, because I think if we're not giving to ourselves or having that quiet space or having that ability to like, even just focus, we're going to just be running on a hamster wheel. And that's how I felt this last week. My kids have been home from school sick and I felt like I didn't have any time to breathe. And so even though I didn't have even a ton of work to do, I just felt complete chaos. And I realized I didn't have that me time because my kids were all home. And so even just like what at the end of the night, watching a show or if it's taking a bath or meditating or exercise or whatever, making that a priority because you'll be a better mom with that time. Well, it's interesting. I interview on this podcast, women with all different um, expertise. And this is a thread that comes through on every single interview I do that self-care. And it sounds, it feels like it's a trendy thing that we're now talking about, but I think the difference is now, if we look at the traditional dynamic, you know, 1950s, right? Women stayed home. They did the housemaking, the cooking, the cleaning, the kids, and the men went to work. But now women also work but we still are expected to do everything in the house. And so there's this lopsided dynamic where it's like, we're expected to do the roles of what a traditional men and women would do. And we're doing both now. And I think in a lot of houses where women's salary is 
is essential. It's needed to maintain the lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Want. And even in my house, I mean, I, I definitely work more hours than my husband and we do have a full-time nanny, like 45 hours a week. She lives with us. So she shoulders a lot of it. However, I'm the one that's organizing her, like I'm managing yes. her and I'm managing all the kids activities. And I'm the one that's on the text thread, organizing the carpool with my friends who will drive one way and her, and she will drive another way. And so what my husband doesn't see, our nanny is named McCall. He said, oh, you have McCall who does everything. And I'm like, well, yes, but who helps her choose the food to eat during the week to make the dinner? Like that's me mm-hmm. Who creates the list at Costco. I do. Who looks for like the snacks that are on sale at Costco? Me. I mean, I literally spend hours every week communicating with her, checking in. How's the kids doing? Oh, Luke's starting to have a sassy attitude. Okay. Let's think of a strategy together. Like my husband doesn't even talk to our nanny. So I'm like, yes, we have another person who's here, but somebody is basically creating the plan and she's executing it. And that person is me. And it's like, you know, hours and hours and hours. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. even though, and I'm, we are so blessed to have help, but I truly couldn't do the job at the level I do it if I didn't have somebody else. But I think for women who don't have a nanny or don't have help, then it all, and I still do, I still do the laundry, you know, like that still Mm -hmm. falls on me. And I think in my house, particularly, we have a bad dynamic where my husband doesn't, I think he doesn't do anything. This I'm telling you, we need to go to counseling because we have have (laughs) different. I told him, I said, I wish we could go on a reality show Because I promise you, it would show, like if we were filmed all the time, that I do 99% of the stuff. And he's like, no, I think it's totally equal. Like, what? It's funny. Yeah. (laughs) Yes. Men and women have different ideas of what I think each other do. And I've had the same conversation. It's just the things that, that... Your husbands don't even know our kids' doctor's names, our kids' teachers' names, our kids' principals' names. Um, when when to ra- rotate the clothes, you know, from four T to five T. Like, there's so many things that we do that are just behind the scenes. That if we weren't here, I don't even know if they would notice those things even need to happen. Right. Like, it's just our natural jobs that we've taken on. But like, if we weren't here, I don't I don't know if uh, if a man would ever. Yeah, I don't. I just don't think it would happen. I don't know. It's interesting. So, I mean, I feel like that's a whole separate subject, but it really goes into that creating boundaries. So for, for the listeners who are like me that are saying, I have a very unequal balance at home with my family and who takes care of the kids. Do you have any tips for that? Yeah. Okay. This is great. This is a great topic. Cause I actually dealt with this a lot when I'm coaching women is they're like, okay, my husband doesn't do what your husband does. And I'm like, that's okay. Because my husband hasn't always done what, what he does now. Um, he works from home and he takes a lot. We, we really are like pretty equal on our team most of the time, but at the same time, there's just those things that like, just, we are in charge of, you know, and they'll never be like totally equal. So when my husband worked from home for a year, I was kind of the breadwinner. He was kind of working on a project during COVID and was staying home to help me because my business was like ramping up. It got to a point where I would come home from work and like the kids would all be on iPads or watching the TV and the house would kind of be messy. And it would be a little frustrating because I'd be like, wait, I'm working. He's like, well, I was working on this stuff in the garage. And like, I'm like, no, like when I'm home, I have to take them with me or do that. Or like, you know, and, and it was, we were just constantly arguing at what it was supposed to look like. Right. Like when you have the kids, it's supposed to look like this. And, and I was realizing, okay, my expectations are too high mm. for what he can do. And so I, even though he was home during that time, I decided I needed to hire someone 
right. so that they could meet the expectation that I needed because it was frustrating for me to come home to that. And it was frustrating for him that every time I came home, I was upset when he felt like he did a lot that day. And I realized like, okay, what I'm expecting of him, he's unable to do. And so that's where delegating and outsourcing come in. Our husbands aren't going to be the people that are going to be able to relieve all of the stress and pressure and whatever, like they're just not, and we expect them to. And I think that kind of puts a wedge between us because our expectations are kind of what we can do. And women and men are just different. We can do a lot. Women are really amazing and we do a lot and they do a lot too, but it's different. And so we expect them to do a lot the way we can do it. And they just can't. Yes. And, and we're just different. So I would say if your husband's not helping with the cleaning or if he's not helping with the laundry, if he's not helping with the kids, having a different person that can come in and relieve some of that stress between you. I always say, what are your pain points? Like if it's like your husband expects you to have the dishes done when he's home every day, or he expects the laundry to be folded or whatever. Okay. First of all, there's a whole different topic there on like husband expectations, you know, that we're not going to get into today, but I'm not saying he should expect that and you should do what he expects. But if that's the pain point, how can you bring someone in to help you during that so that the pain point alleviated? Yeah. Um, and, and then you can focus on other things in, in your relationship instead of the stupid dishes that are in the sink that really don't matter. No, I, and I love that. And I feel like for me in my life and in my business, I had all these levels of things where I said, this is when I'll outsource it. So when I first started Dreamland Baby, I said, when I get to 10 orders a day, which is not that many, right? I would outsource it, the the packing of it to a third-party logistics. Cause it took me so long to print the label and put it on the box and, you know, do these things. And then it was like, when I got to this certain amount of revenue, I'd hire this person. And it was very methodical, like when I would hire and when I would outsource. And even now I will do everything until I'm at like almost a breaking point, I'd say. And <laughs> my team listens to this podcast. So for my team who's listening, you know, I'm at an operational break point. Um, so I'm doing all the operations and it's like, I'm trying to lead the company. I'm doing our finance and I'm doing our operations. And it's just like, I'm doing three high level mm-hmm. executive jobs. And so I'm, I'm not doing any three really well, right? When you have so many things, you can't do everything hundred percent. So I want to be able to be the CEO of this company and hundred percent focus on that. But, you know, I have these other two roles that aren't filled. And so I'd always wait until it was like, this is a 40 hour per week job that I'm only spending, you know, I work 60 hours, but I'm only spending 20 to 30 hours a week on it because I'm doing all this other stuff. And I think about that in terms of our home life as well. So when it gets to the point where I am spending two hours a day cleaning my house, because I never really have the time to do like a full sweep. Well, I'm not spending two hours ever, but like, let's say 30, 40 minutes, whatever. Um, And then how much would it cost to hire somebody to come in and clean once a week or twice, twice a month. Right. So that I always kind of look at it. Like everything is very everything in life could be on an Excel sheet. <laughs> and like, I mean, yes. but I love the idea of like looking at your pain points. And in my family, my husband grew up different than me. His dad was in the military. So everything was very militant for lack of a better word, but clean, organized, orderly, everything had a place where my parents were more go with the flow, figure out when it comes. Our house was always a mess the car was a mess, you know? And so that was like my, I don't know, central compass, I guess you'd call it or my family of origin. Like that is how they raised me. So that's 
you know, you, you can take the girl out of the town, but you can't take the town out of the girl. Right. So that it's just ingrained in me where it's not so important to me. Like with my family, we'd rather do a fun activity or like go on a vacation, then make sure the house was clean. But my husband looks at it differently. So when, when he comes home, like nothing, and you know, now he's at home, but when he went to work and he would come home, nothing would irritate him more than having dishes in the sink. And I would say, we have four young kids and they need to eat three meals plus two snacks. Like it's, I would be Mm -hmm. dishes all day long. But when I realized like that was such an important thing to him, it was like, this is one thing that I can focus on. And if the rest of the house is a mess, I can say, but look, there's no dishes in the sink. So I think sometimes it is about really finding what that pain point is. And one, either outsourcing it or two saying, I am just going to make sure I'm going to let the other stuff go. But if I know this Mm -hmm. is my spouse, I'm going to focus on that one thing. So my gosh, we are running out of time. Let's go into your last takeaway because this is so much good information. Yes. Okay. The last takeaway is to let go of the mom guilt and lean into what you're being called to do. And I think this, we could seriously go on and on and on about this, but to keep it short, uh, I see a lot of moms holding themselves back because of mom guilt. Like, oh, I don't want to work because that will not be fair to my kids or I work too much and I'm not giving enough to my kids and just constant worry about what's going on with their kids, you know? And I always ask moms, why do you work? And a lot of times they work either because they love to work. They work because they're financially supporting their family. They work because it helps them feel fulfilled. They work because they realize being a stay-at-home mom in and of itself was too like suffocating for them. There's so many reasons, right? And all of those reasons make them a better mom. When you're fulfilled, when you're happy, when you're contributing, you feel you're a better mom than when you're at home all day on the hamster wheel, not feeling fulfilled, not seeing people, not feeling like you matter, all this thankless job. And a lot of people are built for that. So I'm not saying if you're stay at home mom and you freaking love it, stay there and do that. But a lot of us are working because that wasn't fulfilling enough. Mm-hmm. So I always have them kind of look into the deeper reason why they're working and then say, okay, yeah, I love to work. I work because of this and this and this, and that makes me a better mom. And when I feel fulfilled, I can give back more to my kids and I can give back more to my husband and kind of letting go of that guilt because it doesn't need to be there. We're guilty over doing something we love. And then we're showing our kids that doing something our love causes guilt and we shouldn't do stuff we love. And it's really not teaching our kids valuable lessons. So it comes back to setting our priorities first. What are the things you don't want to miss? For me, it's that after school time, it's the before school time. Like I want to focus on those times of the day. And then the rest of the time I can schedule in my clients or schedule in um, the work I need to do. So setting those priorities first and then blocking off family time at least once a week that you can focus. And I think the rest just falls into place. Yes. Okay. I love that so much. Why do you work? Because as you said that, I was like, why do I work? And if you have a why, then it's very easy to let go of guilt and justify Mm -hmm. why you work. Mm -hmm. And I think for me, it's definitely, I, and yes, I always felt bad saying that. Like I did not feel fulfilled being Mm -hmm. a stay at home mom. Like it just, every day I was like, there's gotta be something more than this. (laughs) And it is, Mm -hmm. it's such a grind. It is such a grind because Mm -hmm. it's making food all day, changing diapers, get in Mm -hmm. the car, get out of the car, put on your shoes, take off your shoes. Mm -hmm. I totally agree. But I, I actually really, really love that. Why? So what about the mom that's like, 
I don't know why I work. Like, I just want to be away from my kids. And that makes me feel like a bad person. I mean, do you feel like that's something you can kind of explore Mm -hmm. and learn, or it's something that you should just know right off the bat? No, I think, yeah, I think a lot of people go to that. Well, I just need time away from my kids or they make me crazy, but the same answer could be like, I feel better when I'm like, when I have time for myself, like you can flip that around really quickly. The people who think, oh, I just work because my kids drive me crazy. Really? The reason they work is because they feel better when they have time away from their kids, right? That's the same thing twisted. And so I think you can really like, and maybe your why is really small right now. Like I just need time away. I need time for me. And then maybe as you continue to work and you continue to have that time away, you realize like, oh, I'm really, I love bringing in money or I love creating new ideas. I love being creative. I love working with women. It's going to grow and grow and grow. But that initial reason of just like having time for yourself, I think is where we all kind of start. Right. You know, and there's this other element and you hear it from everybody. It goes by so fast, right? You blink. Mm -hmm kids are 18, they're out of the house. And I think for a lot of moms, me included, we don't want to miss this time. Right. And it's, it's almost like I sometimes sit back and I'm like, okay, another day, I literally went into my office at six 45 and I didn't leave my office until almost seven. And I didn't even see my kids or hardly say hi to them. And I do dedicate the entire weekend to my family. Like that is, I don't work at all. And we plan a ton of things. And so I think for me, that's like on the weekends, but during the day, I, you know, I have a couple of friends who do a lot of carpooling and I think, should I be doing the carpool to hear about their day and ask them? And instead of just doing it right before bedtime, which is always the craziest time. And I just, I keep thinking, you know, you hear those people say, oh, you get to the end of your life and nobody ever looks at how much money they made or how many hours they work. They look at the family that's around them. And I keep thinking, will I get to a point where my kids are all in college? And I'm like, man, I missed out. Like I didn't, I didn't see them as much as I wanted. So I do think it's a tough balance and only Mm -hmm. we can answer like how to do that on our own. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Every time, every time I get on these podcasts, I have, (laughs) I have these like aha moments and I'm like, man, I need to, I need to address that. Or just these revelations about Mm -hmm. that. I love that you're, you know, I, I think your coaching would be amazing because I am already getting so much out of this and thinking so much about myself and different things I can do from just this podcast. Let's jump into the fire round really quick. And then after that, you can tell everybody where they can find you. Perfect. All right. What are you currently binging on TV? I'm actually into Hallmark Christmas right now. I have recorded every single Christmas show and I am just going to town on it. Yes. I need to do that because my, my girls are, um, eight and nine now. And so they, they love like that stuff. And it's 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 so so fun. fun that they're a little bit older and we can enjoy things like that. All right. What is the most recent book you read? Ooh, I actually haven't started to read novels. I read a book. It's like Hope Springs something. I have always been personal development, personal development, personal development. And the last like six months I've been reading fiction. You should do it. Hope Springs. I love it. How about your best productivity app? Ooh, I use the reminders app in iPhone religiously. All my to-do lists. It's like color-coded. There's multiple lists. That is the best. I've had a lot of people say that. And what is your go-to de-stressor? Probably a bath. A bath. Awesome. That's another popular answer. All right, Kylie, thank you so much for today. Where can everybody find you? So I'm over at Instagram on, um, 
at Kylie Ann Studios. Um, and then I also have a little freebie that kind of goes along with it that I was talking about that little calendar. It's really digestible. Like you could fill it out all today. Um, it's a mini guide for the guilt-free mompreneur. And I'll, I'll leave the link for your followers so you can share that below. Yeah. I am so excited to download that. I'm already thinking of all the things I'm going to put on it. Kylie, thanks so much for joining us today. Really appreciate your time. Thank you.